Welcome to the Cyber Guy Podcast, your source for engaging cyber education, cyber discussions, and a look at current cyber news and trends with retired FBI Special Agent Darren Mott. Hello, friends. Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Whenever you're listening to this podcast, I am the host, Darren Mott, retired FBI Supervisory Special Agent. This is the Cyber Guy Podcast, and as always, I Thank you for taking the time to download and listen to this podcast. Hopefully, if you like what you hear, you've subscribed to it. Um, you're giving a listen. You're telling some friends and, and spreading the word. Because my goal with this podcast is to keep people informed, keep them educated on aspects of the cybersecurity community that hopefully you don't get the same kind of thing elsewhere. It's a non-technical show. It's based on uh, cyber risk in general, talking about cyber risk, how you can protect yourselves, because my goal as a former FBI agent is helping you understand the cyber threats out there so that as you assess your risk, as you proceed wisely throughout your day, uh, using technology, using the internet, using your phones, using your iPads, that at some point you do not become a victim of cyber crime and have to contact the FBI. Because in my years dealing with this, working with the FBI, doing cyber crime and cyber related manners, managing cyber squads and so on and so forth, you know, nobody, People we dealt with, no one ever expected to be a victim because they didn't think and they had anything anyone would want. I argue this is not the case. Everybody has something someone wants. And if you're not sure what it is that you have someone would want from a cyber, cyber bad actor would want, you know, feel free to email me, Darren, at thecyberguy.com, and I'll tell you exactly what it is that they would be looking for. There's a host of different threats and things out there that target you and your family, your business in a variety of different ways, be it threats against your children, threats against your, your elderly relatives, your elderly friends, threats against your business, threats against your financial information. So all those threats are out there and people are constantly being targeted for that. But if you're not in the cybersecurity world, this is not something you do. You're a a nurse or a doctor or a lawyer or something that's not necessarily associated with cybersecurity. You're not thinking about these things all the time like I am. So I ideally bring these things to you to keep you informed so that you ideally don't become a victim. So since it's Cybersecurity Awareness Month, what I've do, what I've done for the last several years on my LinkedIn page is every day I post an article that has something to do with cybersecurity. And there's a lot of different topics that I go on on with these um, particular posts. Um, and, but I want to highlight three today. So I still have interviews from the National Cyber Summit I want to put out, but I'm going to hold those off uh, for a later time because I want to talk about just Cybersecurity Awareness Month, highlight a couple of these articles uh, and direct you to my LinkedIn page if you're so interested, linkedin.com slash in slash Darren Mott if you want to read more. But I'm going to talk about these particular topics. I think they're interesting. They give a unique perspective on the cybersecurity world, different aspects with it beyond just the business email compromise, beyond just ransomware, beyond just financial crimes. It's a different look at different aspects that all have to do with some realm of cybersecurity. So the first one I want to talk about is about leadership. Uh, to me, in the cyber world, it's hard to find good leaders. And leadership is a hard quality to define. In the FBI, the way that we looked at leaders as we try to um, choose leaders for different positions was were they able leadership at least in the FBI was being able to mentor others ideally to help to find your replacement to help find those people that are empathetic towards others and help them to be better employees and, and things like that and so I've read a lot of books on leadership and there's one particular book I want to talk about in this podcast in a minute but this article from darkreading.com was particularly interesting 
Um, there is no individual that is taking credit for this particular article. It just says dark reading staff. It's a very short article, so I'm going to kind of read from it. Um, it was from yesterday, October 24th. And the title of the article is Stress is Driving Cybersecurity Professionals to Rethink Roles. So the stress and strain of cyber attacks on the staff tasked with protecting businesses is driving droves of desperately needed security practitioners to rethink their roles. New research from Mindcast reveals a huge mental health toll being extracted from cybersecurity professionals with every ransomware, data theft, or other cybersecurity incident. More than half, 54%, of those surveyed told researchers that ransomware attacks have put a strain on their mental health, while a full 56% say their job gets harder with each passing year. And I can attest that that is true. I've seen that myself. I've seen it within myself, that it gets harder every year simply because executives and, and others don't take the time to understand the cybersecurity threat and enable those people doing that job. We'll talk about that in a minute. More from the article. The constant barrage of attacks has also eroded a feeling of personal responsibility when an attack is successful. For comparison, Mimecast reported that in 2021, 71% of respondents said they would feel very personally responsible for a successful breach. This year, that number was only 57%, a drop of 14%. Quote, with the profession facing a pressure cooker of ongoing attacks, disruption, and burnout, it's critical that organizations support security teams by giving cyber attacks the focus and resources needed or face losing critical employees, according to Mimecast State of Ransomware Readiness 22 report titled Reducing the Personal and Business Cost Report. So that uh, particular article has a link to that that report if you want to read it. But this, uh, this article highlights the stress that cybersecurity professionals are dealing with. I work in the cybersecurity realm now. I see that stress with the folks that I work with. They are under tasked, they are under-supported, they are under-resourced, and they are expected to do more and more things. So here's kind of what I posted on my LinkedIn um, account today regarding this article. And it's today's quick topic is on cybersecurity personnel stress. And we often see articles discussing the drastic need for cybersecurity professionals, issues with hiring, and folks jumping from job to job. But the likeliest underlying cause in many cases is stress. So in my 25 years in the FBI um, and in my current position, one of the larger drivers of stress is leadership. But be it unengaged, self-serving leaders looking out strictly for their own interests, looking for the next job, the next promotion, the next certification, whatever, or simply disengaged because they like the idea of leading but not the work that goes into it adds to the stress to these employees. Um, and if you add in unreasonable expectations, lack of resources, overwhelming data throughput, or what have you, and personnel reevaluating their positions, goals, et cetera, it's a logical reaction by almost anyone to want to leave the job they're at to have all this stress that makes it hard for them to do their job. However, in my view, leaders can help stem this tide if they place more importance on serving those that serve them. So I highly recommend a book. If you are in leadership, you want to be in leadership, you just want to be a better leader, you're already in leadership, want to be a better leader, there's a book called The Go-Giver Leader by Bob Berg and John David Mann. Um, it's similar to the original Go-Giver book, but it has five keys to legendary leadership. And that, that is hold the vision. In other words, know what you're talking about. Build your people. Do the work. I mean, you can't be a good leader if you don't understand what it is you're leading. Um, which we saw this a lot in the FBI was a problem because they put a lot of leaders in positions that didn't necessarily have that particular leadership. They didn't understand what was going on. I'm, I'm 
I, I was probably part of this myself. I went from being a cyber supervisor to a counterintelligence supervisor. There was some overlap in the worlds I worked in where cyber and, and counterintelligence kind of overlap. But I certainly can see where people who were career counterintelligence guys didn't particularly care that I came in as a unit chief. But the key was there, my unit that I was leading had a cyber component to the counterintelligence component. I wasn't just doing counterintelligence, I was doing cyber and counterintelligence, but anyway. Um, number four, you should stand for something. Number five, practice giving leadership. So I'll admit, I've succeeded in some of these past leadership roles, and I need to refocus my own position to improve on others of these five. And so I recommend that if you're a leader on any level, try to do some of these things. Read the book. It's a real quick read. Um, this may help reduce the risk of losing your cybersecurity folks or any employees, even if you aren't in the in cyber field, that may be important to your organizations. Um, and so, you know, there I'm honored because I still have people that I worked with or worked for me or worked with me in the past who still reach out to me today in the FBI to ask me for career advice, leadership advice, things to do. And so I guess in some way or shape or form, I did something right in that perspective. But this whole point being, you know, in order for cybersecurity professionals to lessen their stress, leadership has to take a role to help with that. I mean, I mean, provide them with the resources they need, provide them with ancillary resources to help with their stress. Don't expect them to, you know, do, you know, every minute of every day. All they're thinking about is, you know, what, you know, I got to watch this traffic and find the one little piece of code that's going to identify the ransomware attack. They should certainly do that. I'm not saying they should they should, you know, not do their job, but there, there has to be some understanding of alter alternative options of things to do to make their day more meaningful to them, more enjoyable to them, as opposed to just sitting at a desk looking at a computer screen all day. Um, that's my two cents on leadership. So that was that was one article. The next one is in, this one, next one's going to irritate some people, probably make some people laugh, and and other people are going to shake their heads. Say, "Yep, I get it." This is from scmagazine.com. And the title, this is from Stephen Weingart, October 19th, 2022. Gen Z and millennials take cybersecurity less seriously on work devices than on personal ones. Well, that is not a good headline if you are, if you own a business at all. So this is from the article. Millennial, this is a little longer one, so I will not read the whole thing. But uh, millennial and Gen Z employees are more relaxed when it comes to cybersecurity on their work devices than on their personal devices, according to a new survey from Ernst & Young Consulting. While a large majority of U.S. employees, 83%, understand that cybersecurity protocols for their jobs, the digital natives of Gen Z and millennials make up a significant portion of the workforce less likely to prioritize and adhere to them, according to this particular report. Nearly half, 48% of Gen Z employees and 39% of millennial employees admitted to taking cybersecurity protections on their personal devices more seriously than their work devices, putting their employers at risk according to this survey released um, a week ago. But that's not the only example where younger people differ from their older peers when it comes to cybersecurity and work devices. Gen Z and millennials are more likely to disregard mandatory IT updates for as long as possible compared to their Gen X and baby boomer counterparts. 58% for Gen Z, 42% for millennials, 31% for Gen X, 15% for baby boomers. So good job, boomers making sure that you do your updates. Younger generation are also more likely to use the same password for a professional account and their personal account. Well, that's, that is unbelievable. That the biggest idiots 
are the youngest generation who've grown up around these things and should know better, but clearly they don't because they know everything because it's yay, yay for them. Uh, Gen Z and millennials are also more likely to accept web browser cookies on their work-issued devices all the time or often. So go ahead. So, so I don't want to hear any Gen Z or millennial when they get, get in trouble because someone read their email at work, you bitch about their, their privacy because they clearly do not care. So here's an article, or a quote from here, who's from uh, one of the EY consultant named Tappenshaw. This research should be a wake-up call for security leaders, CEOs, and boards because the mass majority of cyber incidents trace back to a single individual. There is an immediate need for organizations to restructure their security strategy with human behavior at the core. Human risk must be at the top of the security agenda with a focus on understanding employee behaviors, then building proactive cybersecurity systems and a culture that educates, engages, and rewards everyone in the enterprise. Absolutely. Completely agree with that. You have to understand that the majority of data breaches are going to occur because someone did something they weren't supposed to do. They clicked on a link. They opened an attachment. Pick your problem. Um, and it appears that the, the, the folks that should know the best at this don't give a rat's ass about the business devices, but are probably taking the right precautions on their personal devices, which you should still take. Still do the right thing on your personal devices too, but for God's sake, cross it over into the business, business entity. Because let's say, so here's a little piece of advice for you Gen Z and millennials out there. If you work for a company that is giving you stock options from the company as part of your remuneration, and there is some kind of data breach because you clicked on a link and that causes the brand of the company you work for to tank, your stock's going to go down. You are going to lose money as well. You need to help your employer protect their network. Now, I'm not saying, obviously, that Gen Xers and boomers and all of them are perfect either. They clearly, there's a percentage that aren't doing the right thing, but it's not as many. So um, I said for everybody needs to just understand that there are, there's a reason companies have cybersecurity protocols and policies in place. And if you don't own the company, then it's uh, up to you to make sure you follow those policies, procedures, and so on. So this was my post. It was a quick post um, on LinkedIn. It said, I'm not going to pick on this age group, which I just did. So <laughs> in LinkedIn, I didn't leave. But this article highlights why the information from Cybersecurity Awareness Month is so important. Um, I like to say on my podcast, understand the threats, assess your risk, proceed wisely. The article posted here in SC Magazine posits that a, large, a huge vulnerability here that companies need to be aware of um, because I guarantee you the bad actors are aware of it. And designing threats right now to target it is the, this age group not caring so much about cybersecurity on business networks. If you're the owner of a large company with lots of employees, particularly with these age ranges, you may want to accelerate your own cybersecurity awareness and proactive defense measures. So I had a friend of mine... Um, Paul, uh, Paul, uh, Perry, uh, who works for an accounting firm here in Alabama, he made a good comment, uh, on my, on my LinkedIn post saying that they are, they are worried, they are, you know, more concerned with convenience than they are with security. And that's absolutely right. And it's nice to have convenience, but honestly, if you are a business owner, quite frankly, let's, let's, let's be honest here. If I owned a business and maybe someday I will, employees aren't going to be able to access social media or their email on the corporate network. They can do whatever they want on their phone. I'll even give them free Wi-Fi. I'll get free guest Wi-Fi with it that's in a, a DMZ on the network that if anything bad happens, going to happen to that device only. And you can check your email, you can check social media all you want on your personal device, but you will not be checking it on the corporate device. Now, I understand from a corporate perspective, that may be 
a selling point you need to keep your employees, but is it worth the risk you're allowing by letting employees access their email and their social media on your network? I mean, I work for a company now. They lay allow it. Um, I don't think they should. I, I mean, there's certainly ways to, to isolate that stuff off, but it requires resources, personnel, policies, and stuff like that to make all that happen. And sometimes that's just, that's where the rubber does not necessarily meet the road. So my third article here is, I highlight this one simply because if you remember at the beginning of this podcast today, I mentioned that a lot of people don't think they're going to be a victim because they don't think they have anything anyone would want. And I argue everybody does. So this article is from PBC Today. What does PBC stand for? I have no idea. I guess I could very quickly go down and say, well, just what is, who is that? Um, I don't know. PBC stands for something. I couldn't tell you if anyone wants to figure it out and let me know, that'd be great. But it's uh, PBC, PB, Paul Bravo, Charlie, I'm sorry, uh, Papa Bravo, Charlie. I'm going to make sure I get the right ones there today. .com. It's a UK or .co.uk. Sorry, it's a UK, a UK um, site, but the title Cybersecurity in Construction 101, what firms need to know. So now granted, this is a UK article, but this will work for construction companies, regardless of your location. If you're in the US, if you're in France, you're in Germany, all are being targeted similarly than to the to what's listed in this article. So from the article, cyber criminals are increasingly on the prowl for vulnerable corporate targets. Yeah, you think? In this article, Bloombeam, I don't know who that is, explore the basic cybersecurity and construction facts and what companies need to know to start defending themselves. Now, I'm not going to go over all the cybersecurity um, things for construction companies, just to make the point that everybody has something everybody would want. So from the article, the world is increasingly digital. Day by day, more and more of our lives are facilitated by internet technologies, bringing forth tremendous benefits and risks. The construction industry has seen similar swift rise in the use of digital internet-connected technology. Software, in particular, continues to grow as a critical tool in the building process. The global, global construction software market totals around $9.6 billion, according to Grandview Research, and is expected to grow by a compound annual rate of 8.5% from 2022 to 2030. That means it's going to make a lot of these going to be worth a lot. And if bad guys don't realize that, they, I guarantee you they do. I don't have to say they don't. If they don't, they do. So the rise in technology and construction comes with new risks, chief among them cybersecurity. Put simply, the more data harvested by construction companies through technology as they build projects, the more vulnerable the data becomes as targets for cyber criminals. Yes, absolutely. Hackers intent on breaching organizations' data systems and extorting them for significant dollar amounts are increasingly keen on targeting the construction industry. Several recent high-profile cyber attacks in the industry highlight the urgent need for firms to bolster their cyber defenses. Sadly, I feel most will not, but one can always hope that maybe they will. As an example, in January 2020, French contractor Bouillis fell victim to a ransomware attack that temporarily shut down and cut off some of its critical computer systems. The Maze software, I'm sorry, the Maze ransomware gang claimed responsibility by posting online a 1.2 gigabyte file containing vital Boigie's data. The attack came just days after Maze struck Canadian contractor Bird with a similar attack. The following May, in two separate incidents, two UK-based hospital construction companies, BAM Construct and Interserve, were each targeted by a cyber attack that shut down some of those companies' computer systems. So, point being, construction. If you, I mean, you would think construction, you know, what's the risk there? 
Well, it's a $9.6 billion business. Chances are much larger as you add everything up. Bad guys are going to get it because they're going to target it because there's information there that is valuable to them. So in LinkedIn, this is kind of what I posted. It's a very short article or short, short um, analysis of this. But I said the below article highlights the fact that all industries, business sectors, and so on need to be on the outlook for cyber attacks. The worst, and you have said this today already, the worst approach any company can take is they think they don't have anything cyber bad actors would want. I mention this in every presentation I do. I offer free consulting on this, and sadly, I'm never taking up on it. And that is true. I was at a, as a conference uh, a week ago, going off the beaten track here, but I was talking to um, the Alabama Insurance Society in Tuscaloosa at a very lovely ballroom uh, on the University of Alabama, Tuscaloosa, Roll Tide campus. Um, and so I, at the, I talked about the threats. I talked about the threats to the insurance industry. And at the end, I said, look, I will give your company an hour of free consulting. I'll tell you why you'll be targeted and some simple things you can take. Just call me. Do it for free. Nobody called me. So if you can't give it away, it's going to be hard for people to pay to do it. But anyway, um, it's hard to protect, harden, um, and, and, you know, keep yourself from being a victim if you continue to put your head in the sand. It'll be a good day when there's no reporting indicating some company, individual organization somewhere was the victim of a cyber-related incident. In other words, it'll be nice when there's no one day without that happening. Sadly, it's not going to happen in my lifetime. There's always going to be somebody getting hacked by something somewhere for some reason. Um, and so, you know, guard your things. Understand what it is that's targeting you, why they're targeting you. Take a look at your vulnerabilities. But, you know, that takes time, money, um, and a will to want to do that. So if you are a business owner and you're not sure where you stand from a cybersecurity perspective, if you email me, Darren at cyberguy.com, cyber spelled C-Y-B-U-R, I will give you free consulting to talk about, you know, what issues you should at least worry about. Start thinking about from that perspective. Now, I'm going to give you free consulting forever. Hell no. But I'll start off with it because... I'm a fully believe that even a little bit of information is good for helping you protect your information. So those are three quick articles I wanted to touch on today. It's a quick, short, short podcast. Um, like I said, I still have some interviews from the cybersecurity summit that I'm going to post up um, in the next couple episodes. I'm also on Thursday, October 27th. There's a podcast called the Cybercrime Junkies that uh, they had me on a couple weeks ago to talk about uh, a cyber undercover that I was involved, that I ran um, many, many years ago. So it was a great conversation, actually. I have a problem watching myself on video, but they videoed it. It's on YouTube as well. Um, so I watched it the other night. I thought it came out pretty good. Um, it's an interesting conversation I have with them. And I appreciate Dave Morrow and Mark Mosher from uh, having me on their podcast to talk about Operation Sudden Urge. So if you're looking for another cyber-related podcast, go check out the Cyber Crime Junkies. If you have friends, families, or other folks in your life that don't understand cyber, but by golly, you sure do wish they did, check out the Cyber Smart, the Get Cyber Smart podcast. I'm going to do that one actually next. In the next couple episodes in that particular series are going to deal strictly with um, protecting your kids online. Um, those are seven to 10 minute quick little podcast things like Cyber 101. So it'll give everybody just a little bit of understanding of cyber stuff. Cause I believe fully at the end of the day, since we're talking about cybersecurity awareness month, it's important for people to take the time to understand 
everything from a cyber, not, no, let me rephrase that, to understand that cyber threats are out there. You don't have to know, you have to become an expert at it, but just think about certain things. There are certain things that you can do that can keep you safe in general, multi-factor authentication, long passwords, things I've talked about before. Um, and so the more resources you listen to about that, the better off you're going to be. You don't have to spend all day, every day thinking cybersecurity, but 10 to 15 minutes once or twice a month will at least keep you in the mindset of understanding the threats that are targeting you. That way you can assess your risk and you can then proceed wisely as you progress online. Thanks so much for taking the time to download the Cyber Guy podcast available on all your favorite podcast providers, Google, Stitcher, Apple, Podbean, so on and so forth. Feel free, if you like the episode, pass along to others to listen to. I appreciate all those who do listen. If you have thoughts, comments, or questions about the podcast, Email me, Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N, at thecyberguy.com. Cyber is spelled C-Y-B-U-R. Know that knowledge is protection. Go through this week. Be safe. Make sure you read a couple articles about Cybersecurity Awareness Month. We will talk again soon. Thanks so much. 